We're going to talk to you about the most urgent thing that is on our mind and what we suspect is the most urgent thing on the minds of those who will connect with us. We'll title this tape, Planet Earth About to be Recycled. Your only chance to evacuate is to leave with us. Planet Earth about to be recycled. Your only chance to survive or evacuate is to leave with us. All right, what's up, everybody, and welcome to episode number 105 for Uncovering Unexplained Mysteries. My name is Josh Cannon. I'm here with my co-host, Mike. This month of August, 2018 AD, Year of Our Lord, whatever any of that shit means, we are starting Cult Month. At least, it might, it might extend further out. I don't know. Uh, me and Mike got a wild hair up our ass, and now we want to talk about all the crazy cults that are out there, and we are starting today with Heaven's Gate. How you doing, Mike? Doing fine. How about you? I'm doing all right. I'm I'm incredibly dizzy right now, and I don't know why. I woke up just feeling very dizzy and out of might it. Just be a, might be a sinus infection, I think it is. Uh, ear infection, something like that. Um, as for me, I'm just frustrated with fucking jobs and shit. Like, the whole thing at Firehouse Subs. Like, I called the guy back. He said he was going to call me back during the week. Never did. Because he said, like, oh, I'll let you know either way what happened, you know, and then never called me back. So it's like, I did two... Technically, I did three interviews recently. I did one at Burger King, and then I did two at Firehouse Subs. And it's not that... I, it, not getting the job, you know, sucks, but not getting a simple fucking call back or an email to let me know that, oh, you know, we're, we're not, we're going to go in a different direction or something. That to me, that's even shittier. Yeah. That shows that they just don't fucking respect me or don't give a shit. I can, so, I can totally relate to that. It's funny you bring that up because I am in the process of trying to book a show uh, for my band because we've been practicing the past few months uh, Dancing with Ghosts is the name of my band by the way if you want to check that out on YouTube um, we've been practicing the past few months to like we, what we're wanting to do is like book these little mini tours around the south and then move on you know up to the other parts of the US if possible and dude it is just I have never had this much trouble booking a show for my band in the past. I mean, even with the same band, because Dancing with Ghosts has been around for about three years now. And it is like exactly what you're talking about. You go, you send someone an email, like what they ask you to do. You message them on Facebook. I mean, I'm bugging the hell out of these people. And they don't fucking respond back. They just don't even respond back. And it's like, these venue promoters out there, it's it's like, why are you even a venue promoter if you're not even going to put the effort into responding back to an email? And it's like kind of what you were saying as well. It's like just a, just a response, just even yeah. a no, even a no would be nice. At least you are taking the time and giving me the courtesy of a fucking response. Yes, yeah. you can play a show here. 
What dates are you available? Or here's the dates that I have available. Or no. Or no, we're booked. No, we're booked. Or no, we your sound doesn't mesh with our venue. Okay, fair enough. I can live with that. On to the next venue, you know, but just not saying no, anything. No, we decided, we decided to fill the position with other candidates or something. You're like, fine. Just be, you know, I don't know. Don't be a shitty person like that. It's not too much to ask. Yeah. It really so, isn't. I mean, it's not as, I guess it's not as serious as trying to find employment, but it's very frustrating, you know, because like, I feel like our product is solid. You know, I feel like our image and our stage show and our music is all top notch and, and we've been working our ass off practicing and everything. And we got a great stage show planned, but all we need is a fucking stage to play it on, which is apparently too much <laughs> to ask. So yeah, that's, that's been going on. Um, and it's difficult for me because it's like, I, I mean, Josh is joking with me on Facebook. He's like, whoa, what are you like, unhirable or something? I'm like, maybe, I don't know. It just, it just seems like, and it, I'm in a difficult spot because I'm not young. I'm 29 years old. So there are employers that look at that as much as, you know, that's a bunch of bullshit. It's actually a reality. I don't have the experience for that some of these other uh, jobs want. So when I go, like, I tried to apply, I was thinking about applying for Walgreens or some other place, and they're all like, oh, we want, like, at least six months of experience in a retail environment. Or, uh, but, yeah, and actually, they said, we prefer six months of experience. And we also prefer that you worked at the, one of these stores before. It's like, so you have all of these things that you prefer. It's like, why even bother putting your uh, application out to, to everybody? You should just be like, oh, look up former employees and send them emails or whatever with job fucking offers or some shit. That's kind of a ridiculous it's thing that they would prefer because if they preferred that you previously worked there, well, why'd you stop working there? Obviously, you either quit Walgreens because you, you hated working there so much or you had some kind of issue with them or you got fired from there. Yeah. So why would they want a former employee coming back, you know, when you want some fresh blood that doesn't know how shitty some of them, Walgreens yeah, is yet? Some of them might have quit. Some of them might have quit because they were going to do, some, do something else. But yeah, it, it is one of those things. It's like, I don't get it. And then all these tax questionnaire stuff, which is worrisome to me, because it seems like a lot of these are just used as vetting for uh, employees, some potential employees. Because they ask, like, some of them are not detailed, but other ones are ridiculously detailed. Oh, you're talking like, about those personality you, things you have to take online? No, not, not, well, that too, but the whole tax credit questionnaire, which some of them are, like, really just generic, whatever. Were you in the military? Blah, 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 whatever. But the one I, I filled out for, uh, I, I'm trying to remember if it was Whole Foods or this other company, but Walgreens, I think. No, it wasn't Michael's. Michael's Craft Store. It was ridiculous. It's asking all these questions about tax credit questions about are you uh, did you are you have you been unemployed for six months or have you had uh, any unemployment uh, offered to you or whatever. And I'm like, I have been unemployed for six months or more, but I do. I have not accepted unemployment. So that's a really bad. That's a really bad question, because either. I say no to both or I say yes to both. I, it's one of those that's like I said no because I didn't accept any employment benefits, uh, unemployment benefits. And I didn't accept any employment benefits either. <laughs> but uh, 
I did. I was. I have been employed, unemployed for a while. So it's like, what? What this double question and then all this other shit that's like way too detailed to the point where you're like, whoa, they're just using this to like vet people. Uh, are you a certain age? Are you da da da? Is this da 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 da? Do you take food stamps? Have you had any food stamps recently? If your parents use food stamps, have your blah 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 food stamps? What I love so, are the uh, little personality th- things. I hate those too. When it, it's like literally ten fucking pages of twenty questions yeah. each, and and it, and they're saying shit like they're saying shit like, do people ever make you angry? And you have uh-huh. to go always, sometimes, never, uh-huh. and it's like. What kind well, of- the one Michaels was asking is like, are you looking for a uh, uh, higher position when you're uh, at work or something? Or are you always looking for uh, opportunities to rise up in corporate or whatever? It's like, what the fuck? I don't want to work at fucking corporate at Michaels. What the fuck are you t- talking about? I just want a job. I, I like, it's like, and then the, then the age old question: Why do you want to work here? Because you pay me money. That's yeah. why I want to work here. You could be anybody. As long as I'm getting paid money, that's really the operative phrase here. So I don't really care what place it is. And that's a stupid-ass question unless it's like a bigger company where you actually say, okay, say like Apple and you're going in as like a developer or something. Why do you want to specifically work at Apple? Well, if you're in a higher position, there probably is a specific reason you will choose a certain company. But if you're in an entry-level position doing entry-level work, like mining a cash register, uh-huh. uh, yeah, you are you can pretty much pick any company at that point, and it's going to be the same bullshit. You're taking people's money and giving them change and doing other menial tasks. Yeah. And they're like, why do you want to take people's money at McDonald's? It's like, uh... <laughs> Just because I love their burgers so much more over all the other bullshit uh, fast food. Play- it's such a dumb yeah. question, man. And it's like, you, you never but know I mean, what answer to thing. put. It, it seems like that's, you know, if you don't answer correctly, you can get Dude, completely I, just kicked out of the pool. Like, I don't even think managers. Application. I don't think they, I don't think they scan through all those. I think it's a fucking formality. It's like all that stuff's preset. It, it might be a formality, but this is what I'm thinking it is. It's like an algorithm thing. You know, it's it's tied into an algorithm that automatically, via computer program, will not accept certain applications. Maybe because of uh, because of how you answer the question. Yeah, they could. Michael's is really weird because before the questionnaire, they say, uh, "Don't try to answer it any any differently than you would. Try to get uh, an advantage or something because it's not going to work. Just be honest." That's basically what it was saying. I was like, "Yeah." Wow, okay. They might have some keywords and like key things that, you know, if if they answer this way, kick it out or kick it into the I I remember yeah. at CVS there was like a red, a yellow and a green for where your resume or your, your applications would go. And uh-huh. um if it went to basically if it went to anything besides green, like the manager at the time wouldn't fuck with it. Um yeah. and and since I knew someone who already worked there, which is what I always say on the podcast about how any job I've ever got is because I knew someone on the inside. Uh the guy who I knew was friends with the manager and he uh-huh. bumped bump my application into the green. Yeah, so, so I mean that would be nice yeah. to know people, but with in my situation it's like 
how am I going to go out and meet new people at like 29 years old and be like, hey, you want to be my friend? Like, just just weird. Mike, what you got to do is, is awkward. you got to hang outside of high schools and just walk up to every kid that walks out and go, hey, <laughs> no. do, hey, do you like Fortnite? Hey, do you play Fortnite? A- absolutely not. I'm not going there. What's I'm your favorite weapon there. in Fortnite? <laughs> for those of you out there who don't know, Fortnite is a and and I barely don't even know, so I'm speaking for myself too. It's 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 like the newest, hottest video game out there. It's so Well, it's kind of falling out of favor if I remember correctly reading about it. Like it's not as popular as it as it once was. As like, of it's like still popular. It's not as popular but... as it was four weeks ago. <laughs> <laughs> it was yeah, it's it's kind of how things go with that games like that. That game has gotten so popular that I I believe Australia, which we do have a few Australian listeners out there, we just got a, a really nice review from one of them today. So thank you. But mm-hmm. um yeah, Australia has apparently banned that game from being played in schools entirely because like kids are getting so distracted by it, much like we're getting distracted off talking about the uh, Heaven's Gate cult. <laughs> so before we get into that, I would like to just read you six tips from an expert on how to identify a cult. I'm probably going to reiterate these tips before we go into um, every episode of this uh, cult month. Um, and we got some great cults for you guys coming up. I mean, we got some Jonestown coming your way, maybe some Westboro Baptist Church. We got some uh, some other shit Mike wants to talk about that I don't remember from five minutes ago when we had the pre-podcast conversation. FLDS. I don't even know what that is. Is that an like abbreviation for Fields? No, it's it's an abbreviation for, I think, uh, a, a religious group. Well, Clearly, Mike, we're talking about cults, so I would hope it's that's... the fundamentalist Church of Jesus Christ, uh, Jesus Christ of Latter Day Saints. Jesus Christ, I can't. Oh, the Church that. of Latter Day Saints. Yeah, they're very culty in certain ways. But anyway, um, here are six factors. This was from um, for, uh, CBSNews.com. Fortnite. Yes, yeah, from Fortnite, <laughs> and this was from some expert named. Uh... Etchell, I guess that's his last name. Anyway, so six six ways to identify a cult. He says, beware of any kind of pressure. That's probably the single most important advice I can give anyone. Any kind of pressure to make a quick decision about becoming involved in any intensive kind of activity or organization. So that's step number one. If someone's pressuring you or pushing you, uh, hey, come into uh, this the uh, flag base in Clearwater and take a free personality test. You know, come on, it's free, you know. Okay, you can't come today? Well, then what about tomorrow? Step two, be wary of any leader who proclaims him or herself as having special powers or special insight and, of course, divinity. So, obviously, that's the most uh, clearest example. Um, if all of a sudden I was to start being like, hey guys, uh, podcast listeners, I just, God spoke to me last night, okay? I know how how we can live for another 200 years, but you have to listen to what I say because God spoke to me directly. Only I know the truth for a longer life and a four-hour long erection. Any lo- any longer talk to your doctor. New prevacid by Pfizer. No, I don't know what all that was. But the third step is the group is closed. So in other words, although there may be outsiders, 
There's usually an inner circle that follows the leader without question and that maintains a tremendous amount of secrecy. I hate that I have to keep using Scientology, but I can't help it. That is my adopted religion, my, my adopted cult of choice. Uh, um, I, I'm just surprised when you were doing the whole, like, acting like you have some uh, profound insight. You didn't all of a sudden start doing a Miscavige impression. I'll, I'll, <laughs> I'll do Miscavige for the next one. So, okay, so the group is closed, and it says, although there may be outsiders. Scientology, perfect example. In Scientology, you have the public, the Scientology public, which are just your walk into the any kind of Scientology organization and do, you know, some auditing here and there. And you, you know, buy a few of the books, but you're not really, you know, you're just a very casual Scientologist. But then it talks about an inner circle that follows the leader without question and maintains a tremendous amount of secrecy. That would be the Sea Org or the Sea Organization in Scientology. It's a very, you know, it's the closest, most fraternal order of Scientologists. Those are the people who are scrubbing, you know, uh, entire decks of ships with just a toothbrush. Those are the people chipping off paint off walls with just a little nail file. Um, so David Miscavige voice, the leader of Scientology, step number four of how you know that you're in a cult. The group uses deceptive means, typically to recruit new members, and then, once recruited, will subject its members to an organized program of thought reform, or what most people refer to as brainwashing. So, yeah. Um, that fits Miscavige like a T. Well, most cults it fits to a T. Um, so, yeah, you go in there and they make it seem so Scientology yet again. I hate to keep using this as an excuse, but I just know so much about Scientology. I can't help but to use it. So they try to start out by saying Scientology is just a, a practical way of tackling life's problems. And that's all it is. It's basically like a self-help book. Dianetics, you know, the, the first book you're supposed to read before you can become a Scientologist. It's, oh, it's a self-help book. It teaches you on how to improve your communication skills and how to improve your marriage and this, that, and the other. And then once you get in, you learn that you learn about disconnection from your family members. You learn about, you know, how homosexuality is seen as a uh, aberration. Uh, and you learn all these other crazy things that um, is very cult-like um, and how you're not allowed to use the internet. You're not supposed to, you know, look outside of Scientology for anything. But they get you in with this very, you know, deceptive means, as it's saying. Step number five. Typically, cults also exploit their members, mostly financially, Scientology. Within the group, they'll exploit members financially, psych psychologically, emotionally, and all too often sexually. Now, Heaven's Gate, the cult we'll be talking about today, really only exploits their members psychologically and emotionally. But we'll get to that. And then the sixth way to identify that you yourself might be in a cult is... If you leave the cult, horrible things will happen to you. This is important, and it's important to realize. Uh, people outside of a cult are potential members, so they're not looked upon as negatively as people inside the cult who then leave the cult. And that is a huge tenet of cults. If you leave Scientology, you're never going to, you know, and you join their, this is their derogatory term for people who are not in Scientology. If you join the WOG world, 
You're only going to get uh, a wog job flipping burgers at Burger King, and that's all you'll ever be. And they love using flipping burgers at Burger King. That's like their, their like rubber stamp statement that they use every time. Uh, you'll, your life will be awful. You'll never, you know, you're not going to continue up the bridge, et cetera, et cetera. So with all that out of the way, uh, Mike, I think you have a synopsis here um, from yeah. Rolling Stone. Um, uh-huh. Rolling Stone, uh, the website did a nice uh, piece where they talked about 10 different things uh, uh, that you might not have known about Heaven's Gate. Um, and they posted this like last year because it was the 10 year anniversary of the suicides. Now, uh, it was at the 20 year anniversary. Yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> the suicides. Pretty sure it so, in the 90s. I, 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 I corrected myself. I, I, I ended up going. Mike, on the we right never path make mistakes time. on this podcast, okay? <laughs> so the fact that you fucked up just then really tarnishes the whole reputation. <laughs> uh, so, in the early 1970s, founders Marshall Applewhite and Bonnie Nettles. A Texas music teacher and nurse that he met during a stay in a psychiatric institution. Wow. Good sign. Um, Good sign so far. Solid. Solid yeah. guy. Renamed themselves Bo and Peep and took a six-month-long road trip across the United States. Now, I'm going to add some extra context to this uh, backstory here that I gleaned from uh, the uh, two documentaries that I watched in, in that... Josh also watched uh, for preparation for this podcast. Now, Marshall Applewhite, Applewhite, he was a really popular and talented music teacher. Like uh, someone who worked with him said that he had the gift. Like he was really good with uh, getting the best out of his students. And he had been married for like 16 years. And then he started to realize that he was not straight. He realized that he was gay. Uh, he was having this crisis. And he was actually uh, outed and kicked out of the school because uh, there was this uh, rumor going around that he was... Uh, I, I don't know if it was a rumor. It probably was true. Uh, but I don't know for sure. But that he was uh, in a sexual relationship with, with uh, uh, one of the males, you know, one of the boys in school which is really uh, messed up because he was definitely older uh, than him at the time. So he had that whole sort of pedophilia thing too, which is it. Um, but he was definitely struggling with his sexuality. And he ended up in a psychiatric uh, institution and he met Bonnie, uh, who, was a, who was a nurse uh, during that stay. Now... They renamed themselves Bo and Peep, but they also messed around with other names like uh, T and Doe, Guinea, Guinea and Pig, uh, and uh, Doe and T, which were uh, references to uh, the musical scale. And so they took a six-month-long road trip across the United States. Uh, at one point in time during their attempts to try to build their cult at the time, they weren't always uh, named Heaven's Gate. They actually had a couple of her names uh, before they ended up renaming the group to Heaven's Gate later. I believe it was sometime in the 1980s. And uh, one of the names was Him, Human Individual 
Metamorphosis. Very generic culty name, I should say. Yes. Oh, and let me also sure. go out uh, and and say at this point, um, Bonnie Nettles, the the chick that the Apple White mm-hmm. guy met, uh, she has some of the most legit teeth in the game, son. Like they showed a picture of her uh, yeah. when she was younger, and her teeth were just on point. So good props to her. She also had some uh, underlying uh, obsessions already with UFOs and things like that. Uh, so this tied in with her, uh, how, how she ended up being drawn to uh, Marshall Applewhite. They ended up getting together in a uh, relationship, but in one that was completely celibate, which was a way for Marshall Applewhite to continue to try to move away from his homosexual urges. Uh, and, and because if they were celibate, then there wouldn't be any sort of sexual thing going on. And that also tied into the cult as well. That became a part of the doctrine. Yeah, I bet that one was twofold because on the one hand, it's like, oh, if I want to reach religious purity, then, you know, I need to stop all my, I need to deny myself of all my humanly urges. And then the other side of it was, well, if I make this a rule of the religion, I won't have this lady bothering me constantly as like, why won't you sleep with me? Aren't you attracted to me? It's like, and apparently she was. She she really was uh, attracted to uh, Applewhite and was really disappointed when he was not expressing the same affection for her. Yeah. And yeah, she was really about them UFOs because her daughter, which was interviewed in one of the documentaries, was talking about how her and her mom would literally sit outside and, and wait for a UFO and, and would hope yeah. that a UFO would come down and abduct them and take them away. Yeah. Uh-huh. So um, they, start, had, they started the six-month-long road trip. Around 1974, they assembled a group called The Crew. And uh, there was actually one point in time where Applewhite ended up getting arrested. He got arrested for actually trying to steal a rental car. And he ended up in jail for uh, six six months. And that's when he really started to uh, clarify his eventual doctrine for the cult was during his time in prison. He refined it because he had that spare time. He refined it. Exactly. And so for the next two decades, uh, the crew lived all around Southern California uh, though Nettles died in 1985, Applewhite, Applewhite kept the group together, and when the internet was introduced to consumers in the early 1990s, and began using the new technology to share their beliefs with a wider audience. So they began using this uh, newfangled invention called the internet, the World Wide Web. Oh boy, howdy, us- did they ever. And if you go to their website, which you still can to this day, they still have the domain, heavensgate.com. Uh-huh. You go there, this website, folks, it is a fucking time capsule of the late 90s yep. internet browsing experience. Kids. It still has it still has the red alert flashing on, on, on the website. Yeah, which was actually some like custom animated uh thing because you go to highlight and it's not just text, it's actually like a like a GIF file or something. Uh-huh. But yeah, I mean, it, kids out there, if you're listening to this, if you want to see what what the, your two grandpas, Mike and Josh, if you want to see the internet we grew up with as kids, 
<laughs> go to heavensgate.com. I mean, it's literally like, I remember those like free geo. It's like a GeoCities yeah, site. Yeah, GeoCities, Angel Fire, <laughs> all those free website uh-huh. builders. Uh, as a kid, I had a, I built a website and it, it just the crappiest HTML. It's got some, you know, it's just got these JPEG files slapped on this uh, crappy like star background. <laughs> it's just got, you know, just plain text. No like kind of animations or graphical user interface. Just just hot hyperlinks and text and like two of their logos. Uh, the dancing baby. Right. Might as well throw the dancing baby in there at this point. But <laughs> yeah, I mean, and yeah, it's they've got all their their shit from, you know, before the 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 thing happened that I want. I, I couldn't I couldn't be on that site for more than two minutes though. It's it's too fucking bad shit insane for me. I was just like, nope. There was just like paragraphs upon paragraphs of fucking writing on that site. Yeah, like, I tried uh, reading the intro, there. like the their purpose, their bottom line, whatever, uh-huh. their mission statement, if you will, and it is just like, what the fuck are you talking about? Yeah. It, I don't know why these cults don't make their shit easier to understand. Maybe adding like it, all this It doesn't sound it doesn't sound as grando- grandiose though. It doesn't sound as amazing or as special if they if they condense it. Yeah, I mean, I guess down. if they keep it to where like, oh, well, I don't really get it, but you know, Daddy Marshall Mac over there is he he knows everything, so he's It's the truth. Yeah. But I mean, good lord, this is just I realized that they were speaking the truth. I mean, he's talking about like the earth is a garden and we are the plants and Jesus uh-huh. was a some kind of container and I don't know what the <laughs> fuck he's talking about. He was a vehicle. Well, we're all vehicles, Mike, according to this religion. <laughs> exactly. I I don't know if it's a religion, it seems like more of a cult, but oh, you know, my bad. I, I, cult. I guess it, it I guess but I guess you kid argue it's also religion a religion and a cult it's a religious cult so um he kept the group together but uh actually even before that like there was even like some strange stuff that happened like there was uh, news in 1975 a year after they started uh uh building the uh crew uh they assembled at a hotel in waldport oregon so after selling all worldly possessions and saying farewell to loved ones, the group vanished from the hotel and from the public eye. Uh, that night on the CBS Evening News, Walter Cronkite reported that the group had disappeared. And in one of the very first national reports on the developing religious group, a score of persons have disappeared. It's a mystery whether they've been taken on a so-called trip to eternity or simply been taken. In reality, Applewhite and Nettles had arranged for the group to go underground. From that point, Doe and T, as the the two now called themselves, led nearly 100 crew members across the country, sleeping in tents and sleeping bags and begging in the streets. Evading detection by authorities and the media enabled the group to focus on Doe and T's doctrine of helping members of the crew achieve a higher evolutionary level above human, to which they claimed to have already reached. Which sounds similar to Scientology. Yep. Levels. So they also then they uh, years later they did the whole thing where they ended up uh, going on the internet and uh, 
the two different documentaries have two different stories about the internet. One documentary says they didn't make any money, or they said that the internet didn't help them at all. It just made them a laughing stock. But then the other one says that it raised like four hundred thousand dollars. <laughs> so it's like, wow, that's a pretty uh, big glaring omission there by by the untold story documentary about Heaven's Gate. Yeah, and let let's just like go out and say right now there is no definitive or really no. amazing Heaven's Gate documentary like there is with Scientology. You would think there like, would be. Yeah, you'd think there would but no. be, but there's not. I mean, this is like ripe for. A Netflix miniseries. Yeah, I don't know why it wouldn't... It, or a feature-length documentary or something on Showtime or HBO. Yeah, so... So... These, the, the documentaries that are out there are like these... Like, just... We can get to that. I'll, just let me let me finish this right. uh, intro here. So the cult's philosophy took its roots from Applewhite's Presbyterian upbringing. His father was a minister, and he essentially grafted belief in extraterrestrials onto Christian theology. Applewhite told his acolytes that he was the second coming of Jesus Christ, and that God was an alien, and that they, that they were living in the end times. They read the Bible, especially Revelation chapter 11 in the New Testament, a section about two witnesses that would prophesy, uh, that would witness prophecy, and or, or bring about a prophecy, and at the end of their prophecy, they would have to battle demons, which Applewhite and Nettles called the Luciferians. Now... They like to call themselves the two or the UFO two because uh, they latched onto this whole UFO thing that uh, not only was he the second coming of Jesus Christ, but uh, T, I think that was her, right? She was T, Nettles. Yes. She was also God or something like because it, it was like she was saying that she was his father uh, back down on on an earth in in uh, human form, and so on and so forth, and that they what they really did is they got these individuals that were coming off of these uh, other different groups and other different uh, experiences that they were doing to try to search for the next existential high. They were seekers. Uh, they were seekers, and that and, and another word for that is hippies, really. A bunch of hippies that were coming down off of their high of astrology and all these other groups and stuff that were splintering off and not really uh, being a, a thing anymore uh, at the end of the 60s. So they were now trying to look for something else to replace that, and this cult comes along, him or Heaven's Gate, and it's just... Everything that they were looking for, that, that they were searching yeah, for. Yeah, so they were all, all of them were already like very much open to the possibility of of craziness. Basically, they were yeah more the, susceptible. the 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 first the first uh, wave uh, the first wave for sure. They were totally open to that, um, and I, I I I would not be surprised that they took a lot of drugs beforehand as well. And their brains were fucking uh, still rattled by all the LSD hey shit man, they took. This makes a lot of sense, man. Or they'd just be like, UFOs, I've always wanted to ride on a spaceship. You know, I've always wanted to go into space. You know, that's the most awesome thing, man. And a lot of them joined f for that reason. Now... There were some uh, stories from people who were in the cult that said there were people who joined who were just looking for a way out, but they didn't last very long. 
And I'm like, okay, all right. But what about the people who were continuously told that the UFO is coming? Or let's get in the car, let's get in the van down by the river, and let's go to the fucking desert. <coughs> Excuse me. It's so unbelievable, I can't even uh, fucking breathe. I live in a <clears throat> van down by the river. <laughs> okay, uh, Foley. Uh, so, anyway... They they go into their van by down by the river and they drive to fucking the de into the desert somewhere and then they wait for a UFO and it doesn't come and that happened like fifteen fucking times apparently throughout this uh one one of the members was saying that it happened like at least fifteen times that he remembered that they would say that Apple White would say that it's coming there's a sign and they'd wait out there and it wouldn't pick them up because it was bullshit. Really, that's why the the UFO never showed up to pick anybody up and take them to heaven, because it was a bunch of bullshit. Well, clearly. And T. Uh, Nettles, she passed away of brain cancer. Didn't even uh, Applewhite didn't even tell her daughter that she no, had he cancer. Didn't. That was really shitty. What a fucking asshole. And and she went. And died in Texas at a, a, I think it was in a city or something that was very close to where her daughter lived, and she could yeah. have totally seen her mother yeah. before he, she died. But Applecock wouldn't tell her that her mom even no. had cancer. <laughs> I might call him Applecock for the remainder of this, to be honest. Well, he's an ass. That's for sure. He's definitely a cock. I mean, for doing shit like that. Um,. And she passed away, and that automatically, like, changed Applewhite's whole thing. Because this whole thing was dough and tea and all of that. And now tea's not there. So he had to change his doctrine and make it so, well, she's in the higher plane. She is on the higher level. She's in heaven now. She's just left her vehicle. So then that uh, sparked... Uh, the theory that Applewhite would start to form in his head that his followers would be able to reach the higher level, to be able to go to heaven or end up floating into a spacecraft and then go to heaven. This is another tenet about about cults. This is a this is another big thing about cults is when something uh when real life happens you know, not their made-up little fantasy, like, you know, someone gets cancer, someone dies. The person in the cult, the the leader, whatever, they have to come up, they have to rush to make up some kind of convenient reason as to why this, why did this person die who was supposed to be this, like, ecclesiastical, pure, you know, the head of the church. Uh, again, I'm going to have to use Scientology as an example. Elron Hubbard dies in the 80s. Yeah. And... The, the the higher strata in Scientology have to then rush to make up a reason why did L. Ron Hubbard, why did LRH die? You know, he's he is a leader of Scientology. I, you know, he, he was a clear. He wasn't supposed to have any health problems. He was supposed to be in perfect health. And, you know, because Scientology is this miracle and it, and it works. And they had to say, oh, well, L. Ron Hubbard didn't die. He discarded the body he was using to do further OT research yeah. because, uh -huh. um, you know, his his limitations in this human body 
uh, were, were keeping him from reaching his highest OT level. Yeah. So it that's another thing with these cults. They always have to come up with, well, you know, why why did this person die? Because that, according to your religion, that flies in the face of how it's supposed to be. So that, exactly. That's another tenant of a cult. Thought I'd mention. So that that uh, T's death definitely opened up that concept, that idea in Applewhite's demented mind that the, his followers would be able to do the same if they took their own lives and left their vehicles on their own accord. Which is what they call their bodies, is their vehicle. Yes. Which I find, you know, it's like, yeah, yeah. And I, and one of the other members, he didn't, he did not join in the mass suicide, but he ended up killing himself later. And he was interviewed in both of these documentaries. And I, I could tell that he was more than likely going to do it. Oh, like, he was, I, I the was Kool-Aid like, was still in his system. He The Kool-Aid had not left his, he was still. Charlie uh, Humphreys, I think is his name. Yeah, that was, that was a weird aspect see, seeing that guy essentially a guy who was just a suicide candidate in the in the in the waiting in the wings basically to yeah. to do it because he was going to because he was saying things like oh the earth is terrible i don't know why people still like this place blah blah, blah you know so on and so forth um and he's pretty so he's, you, you, he's pretty much like i'm staying here because I need to educate people on uh, Heaven's Gate. But then he records a video where he's like, "I'm not going. I'm not dying. You know, I'm not. You know, this whole thing where he's he's pretty much uh, excusing his suicide by trying to say like it's not people who do this aren't dying. You know, people who die never really die. They leave their vehicles or whatever. And and I just find the whole vehicle thing because I'm like. Yeah, uh, no. Uh, if it's not the same, if my body is I, I, a, if my body is a vehicle, like honestly, it feels like it's like a shitty 1997 Toyota Camry right now. I swear to God, it's not a very good vehicle. It is a used ass you're car. Like, you're like, if I could leave that vehicle right now and get a new one, I fucking do hey, it. Hey, right? a trade in would be great. I don't want to leave the vehicle, but a trade in would be nice at this point. Yeah, a trade in. Yeah, trade in for sure. But but it's it's just a bit he's just the, the the justification is just insane to justify uh suicide it's just like leaving a vehicle it's like no it's not the same as parking your car and and getting out of the fucking uh driver's side door and walking to the fucking store it's not the same fucking thing well i mean really when they create these nice little these nice little euphemisms for death it, it makes it a lot easier to swallow i think for a lot of the people like oh you're not you're not killing yourself. You're simply leaving your vehicle. Um, uh, that didn't make it uh, easy to swallow for a lot of the people who knew uh, the individuals that killed themselves. I guarantee it. And I mean, uh, it doesn't matter how they explained it. By this point, you know, when when the when the members were going to quote unquote leave their vehicles, they were so in the in the woods with this this yeah. call they were so like just die hard i mean believers. look at the look at the the uh home video footage right. it's chilling yeah i mean it they all really have is. they all have shaved heads or they're in the process you know they they're they all have they all have a crew cuts they all look the same but that was something that was that was a part of the cult beforehand but what was really chilling is the ones where they interview them and they're in their cultist robes or whatever 
and they they're being referred to as these weird names and Hody, Peyote, Cody, uh-huh. Dodie. You could you could not see any life in their eyes. It was the creepiest shit. There was no there's nothing there's no faculties behind those eyes. There was it was like almost looking at like a doll. Because there was nothing there. You're seeing somebody who has fallen completely under the control of another of another person in those last yes. videos. They, these people, hook, line, and sinker, their brains have been washed proper. Yeah. There was nothing there. I mean, it was so chilling and, and honestly kind of scary to watch that. You know, they're, they're, they're gr- the grins on their faces that, that seemed... So alien, which is fitting because their whole religion and cult was formed around this idea that an alien uh, came into the body of uh, Applewhite and that alien was God or Jesus Christ and blah blah or something. And that the Haley Bop comet that only comes uh, around every 2000 years behind it is a UFO. And if they leave their vehicles in tune with the with the comet that arrives in front of Earth. They had been looking for this this mothership. Well, yeah, exactly. That was going I to think, take them away. I I think I would not be surprised if Applewhite himself was not in good health and he knew that he was going to die soon. So he was like this is the perfect opportunity, you know, I'm going to I I I'm going to die soon anyway. And then my followers aren't going to be able to uh, sustain themselves or be able to reach the the higher level. So we'll all die together. Perhaps I don't and know. The... So, but uh, in late March, late uh, late March, nineteen ninety seven, thirty nine members, including Applewhite, wearing black track suits and black Nike sneakers, ate applesauce laced with barbiturates and washed it down with vodka. They then laid down in their bunks or on the floor. They put bags over their heads, purple shrouds over their bodies, and laid down to leave their earthly vehicles behind. They weren't killing themselves, they thought, but freeing their souls from their so- from from their vehicles so they could ascend to a spacecraft flying in the wake of the haley Bob comet, which at that point was passing by Earth, and they were going to be taken to their new home in space, the higher level in heaven. And instead, police found their bodies on March 26th, and the images of the white and black Nikes poking out from under a purple cloth would be burned into the eyes of a generation. I remember that as a kid. I remember just hearing about it very, um, just passingly, like, if that's a word, and I'm deciding that it is. Um, yeah. Just just through, ba- in passing, I remember hearing about it and uh, the the whole everyone wearing Nike shoes thing was the only thing that stuck out to me because that- apparently there was a known as like Nike decades or something and they were completely like Nike took them off the shelves and stopped making them after that yeah they were like nope now they were like ten dollars at the time and now they're like really expensive they're really sick. in fact there was a pair that was found in a storage locker uh, years later in Arizona. And it was up for auction last year on eBay for the asking price of $6,660, bearing Applewhite's face as part of its advertising. Oh, wow. That's creepy. 
but yeah. Yeah, the, the, the shoes were purchased in bulk because of their cost, not their style. Ah. Uh, yeah, they weren't they weren't super expensive. Yeah, that's probably why they They turned out to be a look that Doe and the class liked, and they were able to get a good deal on them. It was a combination of factors that made the sale happen, not because of a particular model or brand. So it's like it had nothing to do with Nike. I remember it was kind of a joke back in the day. Like as as macabre as that might be it was like uh-huh. oh you know like I, I don't know if saturday night live did anything on it or i don't know but like it was like a, well i know there's a family guy uh, episode that was yeah family guy definitely touched on that i mean it's kind of low-hanging fruit honestly i mean not that i think yeah. you can't joke about it i definitely think you can well i know deadpool had a, had a joke where he was he was talking about you heaven's gate looking motherfucker <laughs> yeah um He's talking about Professor X. What, that Heaven's Gate-looking motherfucker? Oh, yeah. I swear to God, this guy, man, when you posted that picture and it shows this old, this old, just wily-looking fart on there, <laughs> I'm like, who is this Mr. Magoo-looking motherfucker? This goddamn... Okay, I swear to God, I saw that guy on some, like, kid's science show on Fox growing up or something. <laughs> like, I'm like, this... Oh, he was... This is, was the, this is some... Mr. Wizard? Yeah, yeah <laughs> exactly. Like, this is some fucking Nickelodeon-ass-looking old crazy science guy. Like, this ain't this ain't the <laughs> leader of a cult. Like, I thought he was gonna, like... He reminded me of Leslie Nielsen mixed with, like, Steve Martin or something. Yeah, I his face looked so Steve familiar, Nielsen. even though I, I know I, had, I hadn't seen him before I saw that picture, or maybe I had just in passing, but... Yeah, he is so goofy looking as for like for a cult leader you know what else i thought was funny like that shit you know so they they did that mass suicide in 1997 you know like when that shit was on the news like in, in like david miscavige you know in in the church of scientology yeah. like he saw that headline and he was probably like wow what a bunch of nut jobs yeah <laughs> 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 He could bring that up at one of the meetings to to his cult his cult followers, his cult, yeah. Scientology members. I just want to say I am so happy that the Church of Scientology are nothing like some of these crazy groups like the Heaven's Gate cult. We don't we don't <laughs> do any of the things that they espouse or they did. Yeah, I mean these motherfuckers. Zenu are... would never lead us astray. <laughs> yeah. Zenu would never give us uh, barbiturate-laced applesauce. No, no. That that would be outthaten for us to do that. <laughs> so we watched two different documentaries. Uh, this is the point in the podcast where we give our thoughts on them. The first one is called Heaven's Gate, The Untold Story. Now, this is a lo-fi documentary. I mean, holy shit. Like, this is shot with a camcorder or some shit in the late 90s and it, it was and it looks like a vhs rip honestly i think it was all they have going for them it, uh, on this one is for this whole documentary is the fact that they got a lot of actual people uh former members yeah uh which is kind of like how can you be a former member if everyone committed suicide but there were a lot of members that actually didn't stick around a lot of yeah. people left when bonnie nettles died of cancer and all that kind of shit so there were there's this one uh, there's this other guy in the other doc but we'll talk about it later but with this one yeah i mean 
it seems like there was a it was this kind of a fanboy of the Heaven's Gate cult who decided to make his own documentary. I remember someone wrote in the reviews like. for the Amazon description. Someone wrote in the reviews that this almost felt like a recruitment video. And I could see where they would get that about this documentary because they weren't like the voiceover in the It's very open ended. It's it, but it's at no point are they really saying like this was a bad idea, they shouldn't have no. done this. It was just kind no. of stating what was going on in, in a very like informative, like, yeah, I guess open ended is the way best way to say it. It wasn't, well, it, it, I mean, I gotta get credit for that in some ways, it wasn't biased, but it was just one of those things where it was a little bit too open ended, like, there were. But there were interviews with people who are all like, this is absurd or whatever. You Not, know, like there was I don't this one know. Guy. It wasn't, it wasn't, a, it wasn't, there wasn't like something that should be, uh, something yeah, that, well, sh- that there, should have a slant to it. Like, like, like uh, World War II with the Nazis. That should definitely have a slant uh-huh. of this was a bad thing. You yeah, know, and, I, I would have to say though that there was that one guy who was interviewed that did seem to be like the voice of reason. The, are you talking about the psychologist, so uh, the psychologist yeah. who tried to infiltrate the group? Yeah. Yeah. yeah the, I, I gotta say as far as the production value the goes, production values are shit. They are awful. Like, yes, it does look like it's shot with a camcorder. Uh, it's like nineties quality. And that wouldn't bother me alone. But when Mike says it looked like it was shot on a camcorder, it looks like it was shot on a consumer level camcorder <laughs> and the voiceover literally, you know, Mike, you remember those, those little microphones you could plug right into the yes. microphone port in your computer. Yeah. Uh-huh. That is exactly like in the nineties. That is, that is how this motherfucker recorded the voiceover anytime. Well, it's not, I mean, that's bad. If that's not bad enough, the guy's narration is so amateurish. Oh yeah. He has no emotion. It, this guy should not be narrating anything. Sounds like he's not even using like a pop filter or anything. It's, I'll, no. I'll remove my pop filter real quick and give you some annoying. This is what happens when you don't use a pop filter. There's a bunch of popping sounds to do the narration too. It's, it's a, yeah. There's a bunch of just you know pop, piss, poor, peasant. You know I don't know. It's uh, it just you you want to you. There's certain there's certain industry standards if you're gonna release something that's you know, going to be seen by a lot of people and going to have some kind of official release. I don't think it was going to be supposed to be seen by a lot of people. It was probably released direct to VHS. Probably. And, like, only given to a handful of people. And then this uh, company called UFO TV or whatever ended up getting it. And they were like, oh, let's put our CGI banners in the bat in the front and the the end. Which there are some people who are reviewing this on Letterboxd who are completely not getting that. Those banners, those bumpers, they have nothing to do with this documentary. It's not trying to show that, oh, they, they, uh, it's not a romanticization of non existent alien spacecraft that motivated the promise of eternal life via mass suicide. It's not. It's just UFO TV's, uh, lame ass sci fi channel wannabe, uh, bumpers. That's what it is. And you know, um, this to me, this, all right, this seems like, you remember going to Blockbuster back in the day or Hollywood video or something like that, and you'd go to yeah. you'd go to the area of the store where they had the crappy VHS tapes that were maybe left in the sun, you know, they they <laughs> on the far end, way away from the like the new releases, yeah. you know, where you're really scraping the bottom of the barrel you like see this documentary. Yeah, yeah. and you, you like like these VHS tapes, you can rent them for two weeks and it's the same price as a new release, you know, because <laughs> that's how little they give uh-huh. a shit like that's where you would find this this uh this VHS tape back in the day. 
and and but I mean, it's not just the narration that was a poor quality. Like the structure of the documentary was. I mean, they did some the history lesson stuff. And they did have some archive footage, which is which is actually uh, uh, re- really uh, nice to see. And, and they had the home video stuff and so on and so forth. That's where some of the 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 best stuff came from was the home video footage yeah. uh, from the Heaven's Gate cult, um, and some of the interviews with some of the other members. Uh, there, there was that one guy who was saying like, "I've been in the cult for 15 years, and I, I've been out for seven, and and I, I still not normal. I still don't, you know." And and people were telling me that it could t- it could it can take just as long as you were in the cult to get back to uh, normal, and I hope not. Uh, but but you know, he says like, "I'm still, you know, my mind is still uh, uh, affected by you know all of that," and. Well, because these is, people who join the cult, they they still have the same fragile, impressionable mind as they did mm-hmm. when they joined when they get out. So they have to they have to reckon with life using their own mind and their own thought processes, which is what got them in trouble in the first place because they were so open and susceptible and they they were so unsure about life, that's why they joined the cult. Now that they're out of the cult, they realize that that cult was fucked up, but they still have that that uncertainty. Well, not all of them do. Like, there's that one guy who was in the cult for, like, three months, and he left, and he's... This this kid is clearly, like... He was, like, in his 20s or something. He's, He's... I mean, he's older now, but he's clearly mentally ill or something. Or extremely impressionable. Yeah. Being young is like one of the only ways I think like if you if you grew up in a cult and then you leave it when you're older, I think you have a better chance of like Like I really felt for that guy. The the younger guy that they were interviewing who had only been there for three months and is like acting like he's still some diehard Heaven's Gate member and all talking about how you know, it was just blew my mind and it was telling the truth. And he was talking about how uh, he had something that was telling him that it was trash. It was all garbage. And he was like, that's not me. You know, it's something outside of me. It was just one of those. that's like, maybe it's your conscience that's telling you, dude, what the fuck? This is garbage. This is a bunch of bullshit. Get out. <laughs> Leave. <laughs> I remember they were also talking about a part in that documentary where Heaven's Gate, like kind of the if you if you were dealing with somebody um, that you had a problem with, it wasn't that you had a problem with them. You everybody has, according to this cult, everybody has these like spirit handlers that surround them yeah. constantly. Yeah. And. You're not having a... So, say I have a problem with Mike, which I have many problems with Mike, but let's just say I do. And it's not that I have a problem with Mike. My spirit handlers have something, have some issue with his spirit handlers. So, I would go up to Mike and I would be like, I feel like your spirit handlers are sloppy and they're, you know, seeking attention. And then Mike would be like, well, I feel like your spirit handlers are very negative and this, that, and the other. And yeah. that's how people would deal with their, like... Well, also, in, in, in the cult, uh, Applewhite would pair people up. So he'd pair uh, men and women as much as he could. Sometimes it, there were both men and both women. And 
there, there, there were former members of the cult that were talking about things. They were talking about like one guy I was, I was paired with this, uh, short, uh, woman. This was, I think it was, she, she was an Asian woman and she kept, she kept talking, you know, saying that I was her ex-husband and I'm like, I'm not your ex-husband, you know? And, and it, it was talking about how, like, if you're stuck with someone for a long period of time, one person, you learn to take care of each other and, and to stand up for one another. And the guy brings up this one instance where some uh, someone was saying that, well, how could, how, I mean, how dare that 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 uh, mother leave her two children behind? And he goes in, he's like, well, you know, I come to her defense and say, like, well, how dare you? How dare you... Uh, tell her anything you don't understand the sacrifice that, that she made for this journey and i'm like bullshit i'm with the other person who spoke up and said how dare you leave your two kids behind to go on some fucking spiritual uh trip to try to fucking catch a ufo catch a ride on a ufo <laughs> i'm sorry that is pretty fucking bullshit your sacrifice I'm sorry. I, I don't really see like, yeah, you give up your life. And in and, and a lot of ways, these people are in these cults. They gave up their lives twice. They gave up their lives to join this cult and to be in it for as long as they were. And the, then they also gave up their lives uh, when they committed suicide. But that was easier for them because they already gave up their, their previous life. Yeah. I mean, I think I think a lot of these people are just. But you feel me, right? Like I would be. I, I'm like bullshit. No, like that is fucking sh shitty. Like that is pretty fucked up to leave your two kids behind to do this fucking crazy ass. I mean, honestly, Mike, in my life right now, I'm, I'm pretty fucking susceptible to cults. So, like, even reading about this, I'm like, this is all starting to make a lot of sense to me. So, I think uh, I think I'm gonna go to the haircut cuttery tomorrow and uh, get a crew cut. <laughs> just saying. I don't. I don't. I don't think, think I'm gonna either. go get me a night a pair of Nike Air Jordans. You're you're not you're not that serious. No, I'm not. Not not at all serious. Um, <laughs> but it is interesting. It is interesting how and why people would throw everything away. And other things they mentioned in this documentary, some of the the home video footage and stuff, I thought was interesting. There was one where they showed. Uh, they were talking about how everyone had to get on the same wave, wave, the same wavelength. Everybody had to think the same way, and that ties into one of the points you were talking about when it comes to like six points, uh, the six reasons why you might be in a cult or whatever. The inner circle, the inner circle that that that, that blindly uh, follows the leader, and then the brainwashing exactly. and all that shit. And that's and how you brainwash a whole group of people is to make them have think on your wavelength and and erase individual thought and that's that's what apple white did with the heaven's gate cult and they show the absurdity of all of that really well when they show some footage from the home videos where there are a few members they're in a car and they're looking over some food that they were given and because there's this whole thing where they would travel cross country and they'd arrive at these certain destinations where there would be food waiting for them and and shelter and so on and so forth and so they'd grab the food and one of their missions that apple white would give them was to look for secret hidden codes in the food and 
they look at this the back of one of these things and it says like oh a24 or whatever like there's a code i'm like it has nothing to do with anything it's probably some code for like uh distribution or some shit for the for the item like and and then and then one of the members actually went in the direction i predicted he would go into as soon as he reads the back that says like um should be good till the end or something he's all like oh the end as in the end of the world oh <laughs> yeah the end of the world you know shall not per- will not perish until the end it's like come on Ugh. this is like this is like a beautiful mind level like paranoia like reading uh, into everything like there's a bug inside me there's an implant or there's messages in the food and it's like oh my god yeah god and apple white would end up controlling a lot of different aspects of all of his uh crew's lives later on like he would you know how they would dress how they would uh uh have their hair how what they would eat all these different things totally controlling every aspect some of them would actually get jobs but they would have this whole thing where you'd be like, oh, act normal or whatever, you know, but that's like you outside of the thing or I'm trying. I don't remember the exact name of it, of the term, but it was just this whole sort of thing where it's just so bizarre. Like watching the, the home video footage on this documentary was just extremely bizarre. Uh, but production value is very low. One other instance is the sound doesn't match uh, the lips of some of the speakers during some of yeah, uh, the sequences I saw that. The audio the is totally out of sync sometimes. Ghetto. And uh, where they were interviewing some of these people, like the psychologist guy, they're like interviewing him probably in his living room or some shit while he's sitting in, the ca- on the, uh, in a chair. But the worst one, like you mentioned earlier, before we recorded, we started recording, was there was this school teacher, I think, or some professor of religion or something. And... Josh Josh put it best when he was talking about the the location the just absurdity yeah, she's like being in, it's like location. they interviewed her in like a fucking third grade classroom there's like all like there's this like <laughs> bulletin board behind her with this like like gold foiled lettering on on the bulletin yeah. board and it's like it's like god could you have picked a lamer place to interview somebody about a cult where a bunch of people committed suicide yeah could you have picked like a less professional uh, it's, it's literally area. like they like broke into a school and they're like, oh, okay, we need to interview you. Uh, we only got five minutes. Okay, can you sit down here and you know, we're going to ask you some questions. You know, I don't know. It's just like, uh, amateur. Absolutely. Like, 100%. like I, I, I could, I, I'm criticizing this and, and, you know, I always hear in the back of my mind, oh, well, let's see you do better. I feel like I could. I, you could. I feel like I could do I better. I guarantee you could. Like your YouTube videos are way higher production value. And to, you know they have way higher production values and they're of higher quality than this. And I have and I have scored interviews with people on unsolved on the show unsolved mysteries before, so it's not like I I I can't do that. I could either. probably do better. So we both could probably. You do listening better. out there could do better than this <laughs> than this documentary did. The people did making this uh, documentary. I almost hate calling it a documentary because there's so many great documentaries out there. It's like a clip show. Yeah. It's like a clip show with some narration and some interviews. That's like someone making a YouTube video about the origins of, like, Nintendo or something and being like, oh, this is a documentary about Nintendo. It's like, no, this is a video some guy made. And and, and then, yeah, he's just talking about, like, 
the Nintendo company. And they just use a bunch uh, of clips the, and shit. They created the Nintendo uh, entertainment system in the 1980s. And, uh, uh, yeah, that's pretty, that's pretty much the... Yep. All right. And that's that. That is the level of uh, voiceover that that we experienced on the uh, Heaven's Gate documentary. He sounded like he was gonna fall asleep, didn't he? He sounded like he was in between bong rips at his like roommate's apartment or something. <laughs> you just hear the bong rip noise, you know the. <laughs> yeah, hold on, Tad. No, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna rip that. Hold on, let me just do let me just voice over. When Marshall Applewhite, uh when he uh got his followers together, uh, you know. Yeah, it was yeah, it was it was bad. It was really stupid. The the uh I, I like the uh songs they put in there though. Yeah, I do. I will say that 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 random like that guitar thing that kept coming in, it was yeah. like very like all alter nineties alternative rock. I, uh-huh. I liked that. I did like that. I don't think they meant for that to um be as liked as I ended up liking it, but yeah. I don't know. Yeah. It's also crazy too, like the the other members that left they, there's this guy named Rio, like he left like something, you know, that was telling me that, you know, some force was telling me that I should leave. So I told him that I told Applewhite that I in order to do what I feel I need to do, I need to leave the group. And, and I'm like, you're just is this just another way for you to kind of just bullshit your way out of the group and just be like, I want to get out of here, go to L.A. <laughs> And, and hang out with some roommates or some shit. Things are getting a little bit too crazy. I don't want to. I don't want to kill myself. Sorry. Bye. So it's, it's, or, or, but honestly, that I, I, I believe that this Rio guy really did feel that way. Like he, he even looked like some guy who would join a cult, doesn't he? Like he almost reminded me of Anton LaFay or something. He had a very, he had, LaFay, yeah, he had a the, very culty face. So he was talking about, I will leave the group. And do some work on the outside and and it, there was this puzzling thing about how the members they were sent packages uh in the mail sent to them by themselves after the the members killed themselves and it was a note that said you know it happened we, we killed you know we not not they didn't say we we killed ourselves you know they were like we left our vehicles we've reached the higher the the higher uh, level, um, and then uh, the Rio guy did something really crazy where he went to the ranch or something with a camera and went in there and started filming. And they showed some of that footage, so that that was pretty uh, chilling as well to see some of that footage, especially when you earlier you had the footage of the of of the members being interviewed and talking about what had happened, like the, like their whole experience with it and what they're gonna do and. And Applewhite himself with like the three different copies of himself, which was like, what was that about? <laughs> Trying to make him look like he's on a higher plane. Oh, you're talking about already. where he videotaped himself, and, and yeah. he, um, yeah, it's like that effect where you where you put two mirrors across from each other, and it has that like infinite, uh, you know, illusion of like uh-huh. having all the images repeat into infinity as they get smaller and smaller. Yeah, he did that with like a. And he saw- yeah, he did that with like a video camera where it was, yeah, it was, yeah. It was, 
It's laughable. Like, and he and he's talking about how you know it's not too late if you want to also. Essentially, this is his last recruiting uh, video. If you also want to join us, you can type thing. You just have to make sure to align with the proper time with the comment, whatever. And 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 the interviews with it, you could just tell how brainwashed these people were. A lot of them were actually older people, like really older men and women. Yeah. Who this is probably their this is the most of their life was just driving around cross country, uh selling blood to make money, doing all these other things, having five bucks in your pocket. I love that five dollars. Like they, they got prepared as they're gonna go on a trip, you know, they had their bags packed with five dollars in their pocket. I'm like five dollars like how is that gonna get you anywhere like i don't understand the whole like oh five dollars like that's gonna you're gonna go cross country nowadays with five bucks in your pocket and that's gonna that's gonna work no (laughs) not even remotely the case nowadays i don't even know if that was the case back then in the 90s but um yeah it's just the the videos with the with the members like you're just you just see the extent of the brainwashing they're sitting in like this guard this uh what like looks like a a park or something and they're being sincere and talking about how like it's fine and it was the best thing i could have ever done in my life and and there was this other uh woman who was talking about how people tell us you know like uh you know how could you do this and blah 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 blah. and 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 it's like you how could you choose this and and it's just it's just the the amount of bullshitting these people were doing on camera was just astonishing because i'm just like you know i'm sorry like it was just you're fucking nuts you've lost it you've gone off the deep end uh you've gone (laughs) bye-bye um so yeah, the documentary wasn't the best, but it was worth a watch for some of the, you know, for some of the, for the footage and just just so the just bad shit insanity of everything, you know, and the, and and the lo-fi quality kind of added to the insanity of it all. Yeah, like I said, the best thing about the documentary was the ex-members and just all the inter- the interviews that they were able to secure. I mean, honestly, that's the, and and the archival footage. Those two things because yeah. honestly, that's one of the things, those two things alone make a great documentary. So if there was better production and maybe a little better care taken into this video, it could have been better. But yeah, when I'm looking for a great documentary, I'm looking for archival footage of the actual thing that they're talking about. And I'm looking for people who were fucking involved in the thing that uh-huh. is being talked about. Those those are kind of like my two rules for a good documentary, and it's technically got both of those things. But man, I never realized how much I took for granted good production value. <laughs> <laughs> so we watched the second documentary, which which only talked about Heaven's Gate for half of the documentary, which is like forty something minutes. The other half was about this other UFO cult because it was about UFO cults in general. Yeah, and so they, but they they. They mentioned some extra stuff there that this other one didn't. And one of the ones that really stood out was the castration thing. Okay, so now I'm going to tell that story. Uh, There was a guy who was in the cult who was being interviewed or a former member of Heaven's Gate's cult, Heaven's Gate. 
and he was talk Applewhite was talking about oh well how dedicated are you to this would you be do willing to you know do whatever it takes to preserve the rules of this cult or whatever and wouldn't call it a cult yeah (laughs) he didn't call it a cult (laughs) can you imagine that i'm 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 taking a lot of liberties in my paraphrasing right now but could you just imagine like a cult leader just being so matter of fact about it this is a cult you know you are no but yeah so you are under my control. Yeah, you will like it. You listen. You listen to and believe in everything I tell you, and you probably and you will castrate yourself. And you probably shouldn't go look up the definition of a cult. And the end. <laughs> uh, no, but no. Basically, so Applewhite wanted all the males in the cult to to be castrated, which means yep. lobbing off your testicles. I watched one video where they're saying, or you can do it chemically. You can do it chemically, but they had it surgically done in Mexico. Um. At this point, the former member, that's when he was like, peace. He did a mic drop. He was, he was out. He's like, yeah, I'm out yeah, of here. I, would, I, I, don't, I don't blame him. But it's si- be like, what? But Castration? I was in for all this other stuff. Take a ride on UFO. Reach a higher level. Reach the next level. No. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not cutting my balls off. Yeah. Just fucking crazy. I, I, I just like that's that's the line that it was like. All right, this is nuts. I'm. I'm I mean, everybody needs to have lines in their life that that you know. I won't cross this line. I won't do this. I won't do that. Cut it. Well, some people are is so impressionable that they cross every line, and there were like what six other members. Yeah, six of the men did do it. Cutting your balls off should for all you men out there. Cutting your balls off should definitely be on your list of things that I am not willing to compromise on. <laughs> For anybody, um, just as a little public service. If you, if you had, if you had like cancer or something, that's that's an understandable reason why you would do that. If if you were uh, transitioning or something, and you were doing in, doing uh, SRS, if you were a former, then, you know, if you were a former castrati in some kind of Italian boys <laughs> choir, that's another acceptable reality. The thing is, though, that's interesting to me is this Applewhite guy, the leader, Applecock, his whole thing was like he was still having these homosexual urges and it was bothering him so bad that he's like, fuck it, I'm going to cut my balls off and take away the thing Uh that gives you sexual urge and desire. Mm-hmm. You know, removing the thing that produces testosterone, etc. So, so through this documentary, we got more insight from people outside of the cult, like the the family members of uh, cult members. We even got uh, information from the daughter of Nettles because Nettles would write her letters, and she read one of the letters on camera, which is really heartbreaking. You know, to kind of to, to hear that, and that's where we heard the information about Applecock not. Uh, letting uh, the daughter of Nettles know that where her mother was uh, in in the hospital when she was dying of brain cancer. And the stuff about the six months in jail thing and the whole other sort of aspects of, of of their cult and how it grew and so on and so forth. And other little tidbits too, like, uh, there were the daughter of Nettles was talking about how her mother was sending her le- the the last few letters that her mother sent her seemed like her mother was like 
this is ridiculous. This is bullshit. I I, I want to leave. I, I, I don't. She was telling her to conform to society, which is something that she wasn't saying before. But her last few letters were like, conform to society, do what they ask. And that's where she's like, you're realizing that I think she's starting to realize that this might not be something that is worth her while or or, or, or a part of reality. And, and that was after a lot of people were getting disillusioned because of the whole uh, blue ball stuff, you know, giving people, getting people all worked up about the UFOs coming. It's going to pick us up. And then it doesn't. That's the thing. I, I, re I even wrote down in my notes. It, I wrote that the biggest problem with all these cults are their inability to resist making future predictions, which unlike their other crazy hoodoo voodoo shit, Making a future prediction can be empirically proved either true or false. Either the event occurred or it did not. And it never fucking happens. But these cults, they just can't yeah. resist. Their hubris will not allow them to stop making fucking future predictions. Don't do that. Because people will see whether it does or does not happen. And if it doesn't happen, that is a big uh, goose egg on your face uh, even scientology couldn't resist and here i am bringing yeah. scientology again scientology predicted 21 years after l ron hubbard's death he was going to return and they had a house for him out in um gold base in california set up with his clothes laid out on the bed with his favorite cigarettes that he used to smoke everything ready to go when lrh comes back in i think it was like uh, 90 something or 2000 something whenever he comes back he's gonna want all this stuff and guess what L. Ron Hubbard never fucking came back and they had to go and and, and tool you know like like a woodshed uh, the acceptable public answer as to why that ha why the, did that not happen you know and that's like something that seems like every cult ends up a trap they all fall into it's like the Unarians which is the other uh, cult that was UFO cult that was uh, mentioned on this documentary. But there was other stuff uh, that was uh, interesting and, and definitely added some more weight to the whole Heaven's, Heaven's Gate cult. Uh, where you had uh, some other former members talking about, you know, the castration thing. And then you had the mother of one of the members who ended up killing themselves that was interviewed. And she was talking about how her son... Didn't seem like he was out of it when he left. So he was just fine. And then he left, and then then he was then there was this whole thing where she started doing this newsletter that was trying to keep uh, parents of these members who had gone missing are are out of contact. And the gates, the Heaven's Gate cults, and Applewhite, like they interpreted that as like the enemy. You know, they're like they're Luciferians. You know, they're She's a Luciferian. Like she's tried to, you know, bring us down, and 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 eventually her son would communicate with her again, but only with these really weird answering machine messages. Hello, mother. Hello, father. It's your son. I don't know. I you know, a lot of the me answering machine messages were just like, "Hi, mom. This is your son." Uh, it, it, you know, if you wanted uh, uh, other crew members or other people in the crew 
or in the group or in the class because of the class because it's like a teaching. Yeah, that was people. another thing. Every there was all this like classroom euphemisms for everything, and everyone was students and in, in the class and the classroom. Like even back when referring to like the Bible times and Jesus times, it's like oh, it was this classroom and all this other kind of stuff. It's like that was so weird. And he was a teacher. He was a music teacher before, yeah. so it's just like. It's, uh-huh. it's just he's just like bringing it, and I find the the craziness too of the whole. I, I find it crazy, and really strange that they're trying to make the connection between Jesus's resurrection and what's going on with this whole thing. And I'm like, it, it's not even remotely the same. It's just like, if Jesus, they're so oh the sacrifice that Jesus Jesus made the same sacrifice. Jesus did the same thing. Jesus's spirit went up into a fucking spaceship and then flew away. Like I I, I don't think that's what happened. And he also was resurrected. Did you forget that aspect of it? <laughs> he came back from the dead. Because they're trying to say that Jesus, when he was uh, crucified on the cross and died for our sins, is the same thing as that what what you know is going on in the cult and what their whole doctrine is. And I'm like, it's not even remotely the same. Like he died for the sins of of people. Like what what. He didn't die so we could fly up into a fucking spaceship. That's not that's not what happened. Well, I mean, I think that was like kind of a, a kind of a clever way on their part too to get like funding from because they would get a, all their funding were for like donations and shit, and a lot of them would be from these Christian organizations. So they, yeah. if if nothing else, the whole like ties to new, to religion was a way of getting like would, uh... like donations and shit. Yeah, yeah, it was another way to get donations. But their flyers were were crazy too. Like they were just out there they'd had the flyers would be like ufos and just, they'd be like oh you're into ufos man like you like unidentified flying objects you went to aliens come join our cult. I'm, come join our group i'm glad i didn't see that because i probably would have been like yeah i'm interested in ufos what have you got to say friend i, I honestly could have seen you actually like if you were uh, you know of age at the time you know and you saw it saw a flyer around like could you have seen yourself because i mean it's how you are, you know, interested in Scientology. Like I could, you know, well, could you see yourself I, at least joining? The thing about me and is going is to a like, class. I'm very and seeing what happened. I'm about to answer your question, Mark, Mark, Mike, whoever the fuck you are. Um, <laughs> I, I'm a very lazy individual, so I think with cults and shit, you have to really be like searching. Like you, you are not happy in life, and and you are on the verge of like suicide. You're gonna throw everything. Yeah, you're gonna throw everything away. Like you are on the verge of just giving up, and then you find this thing. Like I, I'm not, to, I'm not to that point. Like I, I'm happy in my life, but I mean, I think you'd be curious. I, I would do what that psychologist did in the first documentary i would join these groups just to literally infiltrate them and and uh-huh. learn about these organizations just so i can have some good stories to pass on to others yeah. like i have been yeah. wanting to go down to clearwater so bad and go and take a personality test at um flag at the scientology's home base or whatever just for the experience i just think it would be uh, just so weird and like I'm kind of a fan of the uh, it could be something for the podcast yeah too. Go yeah take like I get like a hidden camera glasses or something and um, I've just become a, a fan of the lore the folklore and the myth of, of, of Scientology mm-hmm. I think you can be a fan of a religion and not believe in it you just find it fascinating and that's how I yeah. am with Scientology do you find the Heaven's Gate 
cult fascinating there's too? not a lot of there's not there... a lot of meat uh, or there's meat on the bones for sure because people committed it's suicide. just too much it's too much meat. it's no it's not that it's too much meat it's it's that that's all you got you, it's bad meat you got the meat's gone bad no no, no I, I don't, I don't want it's it. not it's not any of that shit for me, it is like that. It's bad meat. It's like meat that's like turned green. I don't know where it comes from. Now, like, for me, that, it's that's... like there's just you know, you got these people who are kind of nebbishy and you know not not the the pillars of you know society who are looking yeah. for purpose. That's like twenty years of the cult right there. Them just driving around. And then only really the last climax of the call is the interesting shit. You know, the old crazy mm-hmm. uh, kids uh, science show guy decides that everyone's going to kill themselves because of a UFO hiding behind the tail of a Hale-Bopp comet and they eat a bunch of barbiturates and applesauce and drink some vodka uh-huh. and then they lay down and they're all wearing the same Nike shoes and track suits and crew... Co- yeah. That's where the meat is of this story. Uh-huh. And that's only one so, thing. Scientology has, God, millions of stories like that. Well, not suicide, yeah. but... Well, no, actually suicide. A lot of people have killed themselves This is This was uh, Heaven's Gate's belief, their uh, belief system. This is what they believed in. Heaven's Gate members believed that planet Earth was about to be recycled, wiped clean, renewed, refurbished, and rejuvenated. And the only chance to survive was to leave it immediately. While the group was against suicide, they defined suicide in their own context to mean to turn against the next level when it is being offered, and believed their human bodies were only vessels meant to help them on their journey. In conversation, when referring to a person or a person's body, they routinely used the word vehicle. The members of the group added Odie to the first names they adopted in lieu of their original given names, which defines children of the next level. This is mentioned in Applewhite's final video, Doe's Final Exit, filmed on March 19th, uh, March 19th through 20th, 1997, just prior, just days prior to the suicides. They believe to be eligible for membership in the next level. Humans would have to shed every attachment to the planet. This meant all members had to give up all human-like characteristics, such as their family, friends, sexuality, individuality, jobs, money, and possessions. And that right there is how somebody gets wrapped up in a cult and can't escape. Is because you get rid of everything, you get rid of all the connections that you had to the outside world, and to reality. The evolutionary level above human, Tila, was a physical corporeal place, another world in our universe, where residents live in pure bliss and nourish themselves by absorbing pure sunlight. At the next level, beings do not engage in sexual intercourse, eating or dying, or things that make us mammalian here. Sounds like a fucking drag. <laughs> Heaven's Gate believe what the Bible calls God is actually a highly developed extraterrestrial. Members of Heaven's Gate believe that evil space aliens, called Luciferians, evil space aliens, falsely represented themselves to earthlings as God and conspired to keep humans from developing. Technically advanced humanoids, these, uh, these aliens have spacecraft, space-time travel, tel- telepathy, and increased longevity. They use holograms to fake miracles. Carnal beings with gender, they stopped training to achieve the kingdom of God thousands of years ago. Heaven's Gate believed that all existing religions on Earth have been corrupted by these malevolent aliens. It's like Thetans, right? Yes. Although these basic beliefs of the group stayed... 
uh, generally consistent over the years, the details of their ideology were flexible enough to undergo modification over time. There are examples of the groups adding to or slightly changing their beliefs, such as modifying the way one can enter the next level, changing the way they describe themselves, placing more importance on the idea of Satan, and adding several other New Age concepts. One of these concepts was the beliefs of, extra, of extraterrestrial walk-ins. When the group began, Applewhite Nettles taught their followers that they were extraterrestrial beings. However, after the notion of walk-ins became popular within the New Age subculture, the two changed their tone, tune and began describing themselves as extraterrestrial walk-ins. Because the idea of saying that you're all aliens is, is, is too far-fetched. The idea of walk-ins was very similar to the concept of being possessed by spirits. A walk-in can be defied, defined as an entity who occupies a body that has been vacated by its original soul. Heaven's Gate came to believe that an extraterrestrial walk-in as a walk-in that is supposedly from another planet. The concept of walk-ins aided Applewhite Nettles in personally starting from what they consider to be clean slates. In this so-called clean slate, they were no longer considered by members of this Heaven's Gate group to be people that they had been prior to the start of the group, but had taken on a new life. This concept gave them a way to erase their human personal histories as the histories of souls who firmly occupied the bodies of Applewhite and Nettles. Another New Age belief Applewhite and Nettles adopted was the ancient astronaut hypothesis. The term ancient astronauts is used to refer to various forms of the concept that extraterrestrials visited Earth in the distant past. Applewhite and Nettles took part in this concept and taught it as a belief that aliens planted the seeds of current humanity millions of years ago and have come to reap the harvest of their work in the form of spiritually evolved individuals who will join the ranks of flying saucer crews. Only select few members of humanity will be chosen to advance to this transhuman state. The rest will be left to wallow in the spiritually poisoned atmosphere of a corrupt world. Only individuals who chose to join Heaven's Gate, follow Applewhite and Nettles' belief system, and make sacrifices required by membership would be allowed to escape human suffering. Well then. They also did a in this uh, second documentary, there was a UFOologist who was interviewed, and he was actually contacted by Applewhite to help him spread the word or try to get people to join his cult and add some, I guess, UFOlogy experts uh, information to the whole thing. And he gave him a code because he was saying, because uh, Applewhite apparently was able to communicate uh, with other people with telepathy. And so we gave him a code to use if he wanted to contact Applewhite. And he used it later and he actually did get a phone call the next day from Applewhite saying like, you asked. Which is really eerie, but I don't know if that's really true or not. Because the guy seemed to look like a guy I'd see on Ancient Aliens. Yeah. This guy looked like a guy who would be like best friends with the with the aliens guy. Giorgio Sokolos. Yeah. Seems like they would be best friends. Yeah. Have a beard. But I mean, it. too, like the odds that you, I tell you, Mike, I say, hey, if you want to reach me telepathically, say this certain prayer or whatever, and, and, and I'll, I'll ring you whenever I hear it. I mean, the odds are pretty much that night you're going to try it just to see if it's real or not, right? I mean, yeah. most people would try it, you know, a few hours or maybe a day after it happened, you know, and, and it's just kind of like an odds thing. I don't know. I don't really think it's, 
any kind of actual telepathy. Yeah, yeah. So uh, the Heaven's Gate uh, cult, uh, particular uh, bunch of facts that were talked about on uh, the uh, Rolling Stone site. There's a few more. Um, the cult borrowed a lot of imagery from science fiction. Applewhite Nettles were huge fans of Star Wars and Close Encounters of the Third Kind, and they brought some sci-fi to the group, resulting in theories like that Mary had been taken aboard a spaceship and impregnated with Jesus. It also led to the members that would eventually kill themselves to wear patches that had said Heaven's Gate Away Team, which you can see in the group's farewell vi video, a reference, specialized, reference to the specialized crew that went on missions to alien planets in Star Trek. The group also believed that God was an advanced alien traveling in the spaceship in the trail of the Haley Bob Comet, and that he planned to soon recycle the Earth. They made headlines early on. Uh, in September 1975, they visited the small town of Waldport, Oregon, to give a lecture about the UFOs. According to the article in New York Times, roughly 150 people packed into the motel near the Applewhite to hear a motel hall to hear Applewhite's lecture. At first, the town thought it was a joke, but soon 20 people, or about 1 in 30 residents of the town, packed up, told their loved ones goodbye, and drove off. That's crazy. <laughs> Members were devotees of the Master Cleanse. Aside by abandoning, uh, from abandoning your family and turning over all your money, cult members were asked to cleanse their bodies of impure influence of things like fast food and impure sexual thoughts. Really? Because I clearly saw Wendy's... Uh, soft drink cups in uh, some of the home video footage. Well, you can't deny the power of the frosty, When they were the looking at all Mike. the food, when they were looking at all the food and trying to find us uh, uh, hidden messages, there was Wendy's cups. So I don't think that's true. Um, apparently, uh, their diet was uh, nothing but lemonade, cayenne pepper, and maple syrup for three entire months. What? That's not food. That's like garnishes. Well, lemonade is a drink, but syrup and cayenne. What the? F oh my god! Just keeps getting better. Originally, the cult promised that members wouldn't have to die to ascend to a higher plane. They didn't do that until after Nettles died of cancer. Everything was designed to be an exact duplicate surviving member Michael Conyers later said you were not to come up with well I'm going to make pancakes this big there was a mixture of size and how long you cooked it on one side and how much the burner was on and how many a person got and how the syrup was poured on it everything it was a place without gender which led to castration we already talked about it though decisions like this were already always left up to the members eight followers were actually castrated involuntarily not six including Applewhite and they couldn't stop smiling and giggling, former member D'Angelo told Newsweek. They were excited about it. They were excited about the castrating. Oh my About God. castrating themselves. The cult went out for a last supper together. Though Heaven's Gate members were cut off from their families and friends, they were far from total recluses. Their final meal together was a big group dinner that took place at a chain they frequented near the compound in Rancho Santa Fe, California. They had their last supper together at Marie Callender's in Carlsbad. They all ordered the exact same thing. It was set up before they came in. They had iced teas to drink, dinner salads beforehand with tomato vinegar dressing, turkey pot pie for the entree, cheesecake with blueberries on top for dessert, 
And they seemed very nice, very friendly, very polite. No one seemed depressed at all or anything like that. Of course not. They're brainwashed. I fucking love Marie Callender's frozen dinners. I get those all the time. I didn't know she actually had like a, or they had a restaurant. Yeah, they did. I don't know if they still do or not. Her frozen dinners are the shit. They are really good. They're making me hungry. Yeah, I'm I'm pretty hungry too. <laughs> are we about done here? <laughs> yeah, I, I'm about done, but I'm just going to share one last thing. Uh, in the documentary that we, uh, the second one that we watched, there was, uh, they showed some actual uh, copies of things that were uh, displayed or shown within the cult. And one really stood out to me. And I wanted to uh, read the message that's on this uh, particular uh, folder or memorandum. They started to really adopt the traditional greys, you know, the grey aliens. And those are the aliens that were contacting Applewhite or they were the aliens that they were uh, being visited by or were being possessed by or something. And I just thought this was just too hilariously out there not to share it memorandum to heaven's gate personnel from the mothership re scheduled pickup for immediate distribution due to extensive tailwinds caused by the halbop pickup of 39 passengers has been delayed till 2024 when we pass by earth do not eat the pudding at this time repeat do not eat the pudding at this time wish my brain would tell me that but with like all bad food <laughs> what's your bad foods oh man it's just everything everything cookies ice cream pizza burgers french fries that's my jams. So I, I just, I just want you guys. You don't have anything else to say about Heaven's Gate? Nah, I mean we. It's almost two hours, man. I mean, we we <laughs> talked about, we covered that shit. <laughs> what about the second documentary? Would you say like that's that was better? Uh, no, no, one? I don't think it was. Honestly, this the second documentary, I. It was almost like, it was like an episode of like CBS, like some, some like 48 hours or something, not 48 hours, but like Dateline or I something. I mean, there was some nice information, but the problem with the second documentary is it's only 20 minutes that talks yeah, about it's so MVP. short. It was like, just like the other 20 minutes talks about the Unarian, Unarius cult. That's absurd. It's equally as absurd, but it's just laughable. And not as interesting. I mean, the production, as you're watching it, you're like, hell yeah, now we finally got like a highly produced, like documentary type th in-depth thing. And then it like, you get 20 minutes of it and it's just like, oh, okay. yeah, well, that was, it was a letdown. fun while it lasted. But no, I mean, it's, it's obviously it's, it's insane. It's when a person uh, comes to power and is able to manipulate people and even uh, until death, which we'll learn uh, if we end up covering Jonestown next week, we'll learn about more of that. But he was such a goofy guy. Like it's just crazy that so many people were so deluded by he him. He was goofy, but he was very sure. He was very sure. He was, but he didn't have, seem to have like some of those other cult leaders. He didn't seem to have that aura about him that was like, man, like this. This you could see a lot of people just totally just following him. He seemed to be like a, a used car salesman or something, or like the Walmart greeter. 
Well, you, you, cult you can't go by the the picture of him looking like the smart uh, Mister Six from the six old Six Flags commercials, the old guy that danced around. <laughs> you can't go off of those thumbnails of that guy's face. <laughs> you, I think you'd I think you'd really have to like meet him and be in his presence, uh, and and have him talk to you and and kind of you know go from there because that's apparently where his charisma was. And he wasn't a bad looking guy back when he was younger when he had. Hair. Well, I mean. He looks like Mr. Magoo or something, or or like Mr. Wizard or years, some shit. Yes. You know, you what you watch you watch footage, the videotape footage. I'm like, I'm just, I can't take it serious. Yeah, it's hard to take him seriously. His his face looks ridiculous um, as as he got old. Yeah, I mean Jim Jones on the other hand, total different. I I've been totally told different. that I look like Jim Jones if Ugh. I wore sunglasses and shit. Yeah, man, you're right. He, he, you should just you should just take some photos then. Guy, this with sunglasses. kind of does look like Mr. Fucking Wizard. Mr. Wizard <laughs> looked a little bit more like manlier though, I'd have to say. Yeah. Anyway, so I want to tell you guys about um, one of your listeners, Eve Davis. So this is a story she told me. She confided in me and you guys keep making the same mistakes. You confide something in me. First thing I do, I sing like a canary on the podcast. I tell the world things that only you wanted me to know. So this is it's totally true. Um, don't question it because um, I have all the knowledge and power and you have nothing. So don't question my authority and just follow what I tell you. So anyway, this story that she told me that totally happened. All right, Jim. Over 10 years have passed since the first cyber cyborg called the Terminator tried to kill Sarah Connor and her unborn uh, daughter, Eve Davis. Uh, Eve Davis, the future leader of the human resistance, is now a healthy young girl. However, another Terminator is back, uh, sent back through time called the T-1000, which is more advanced and more powerful than its predecessor. The mission? To kill Eve Davis when she's still a child. However, Sarah and um, Eve do not have to face this threat of a Terminator alone. Another Terminator is also sent through time. The mission? To protect Eve Davis and Sarah Connor at all costs. The battle for tomorrow began. And um, yeah, Eve turned out all right. She's Now she's fine. She's, she's... Did, did that other cyborg, did, did it say, I'll be back? At any point in time, um, I wasn't there, Mike. This is just a story that I was told, and it. Well, did the T one thousand have like liquid metal capabilities? And I don't fucking know. I wasn't there. Why don't you ask her? <laughs> she lived through it. <laughs> yeah, or maybe she didn't. I don't know. If you want your okay. own, sto- <laughs> if you want your own story, uh, read on Patreon. If you want to tell me a deep dark secret, and you want me to tell everybody out there. I have no idea how many listeners we have, people. It's in the thousands, and I, I, I don't joke about that. It is in the thousands. I just don't know. I don't know how many. Um, yeah, consider consider contributing to us on Patreon. You can do that at patreon.com slash uncovering unexplained mysteries. Kick us five bucks a month. Boom. You have a story in the podcast. Boom. You get the podcast early. Boom. You feel better about yourself because you're giving Mike money to go to buybacks and get some old VHS tapes. Not VHS. They don't have any VHS anymore. The DVDs. Oh, lame. So consider doing that. If you want more of me and Mike, God knows why you would want that. But if you do... You also get bonus episodes of the podcast. Oh, for Patreon, yeah. But that's for that's yeah. for higher donors. I'm not even going to... I'm not even going to... That's like... um. 
Oh, $5. It's like Lamborghini. Like, they don't have to advertise because their shit's so good. People automatically know. That's kind of like our Patreon. If you're a $10 donor, we don't have to tell you about our Patreon because you've sought us out so hardcore, you somehow found the Patreon and you are donating that money. You are, you are <laughs> drinking the Carvassier of me and Mike. That sounded, it sounded weird. But that's what's happening. No, it's more like the LaCroix. It's not. Oh, we, God. We're don't not, we're not don't to... introduce LaCroix into this conversation. <laughs> I'm loving all those LaCroix memes. Like, LaCroix tastes like uh, fruit if it were in another room uh, from you. <laughs> <laughs> LaCroix tastes like, or LaCroix tastes like uh, if someone said the words. LaCroix tastes like strawberries if, stra if somebody said the word strawberry in another room. That's how it tastes. I'm just saying we're, we're not, we're not, we're not up to Cavassier level oh, yet. Oh, well, whatever. What, uh, a man can dream, can't he? Can't he? <laughs> so if you want to follow me and Mike on YouTube, you should do that because we were both YouTubers before we were podcasters, and that's a fact. Yeah. And that's... And we're still YouTubers. Yes, and that's something we're both very passionate about, as fucking frustrating as YouTube is as a website these days. Um, if only there was some way I could get a group of people to just listen to what I had to say and watch my content and 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 bring them away from all the mainstream media and all the mainstream information and I could control everything they saw and I could get them to follow me without question if only I could there's some way I could hmm. do that are are you insinuating that some YouTube uh channels are are essentially internet cults I don't know what that means Alex Jones. Um, so anyway, if you want to follow us on YouTube. He's no longer on YouTube, though. <laughs> you want to follow us on YouTube, Mike? God damn it! I'm going to tell the people how they can follow us on YouTube! It's YouTube.com for Mike slash uh, OCP Communications. Mike is the movie guy. He reviews them movies. Um, what was the last movie you talked about, Mike? I, I talked about two movies, uh, some animes. Gogo 13, The Professional, and the OVA sequel, uh, uh, anime Gogo 13 Queen Bee. How, how did you feel about those movies? The first one I liked, all right. I, I liked pretty much. It was pretty fun. The second one was meh. I don't have a lot of anime experience. Like, I've seen a handful of them. So, that's cool. If you want to check out my content, you can find me on YouTube by going to youtube.com slash dancing with ghosts. Not only do I put my original music up there as Dancing with Ghosts, but I also do video game reviews. I do TV show reviews. I've done my top 10 favorite documentaries of all time. I just reviewed a Smashing Pumpkins concert I went to a few weeks ago. Food reviews. Food reviews. I've taste tested foods from Germany, England, Canada. Uh, Pear. Did you do one on Japan or something? Yeah, Asian. Well, yeah. Um, I, well, I did do an Asian food review. I think the problem with that one, because that one has done shittily. All my other food taste testing videos have done in the thousands, but this one hasn't even broken 500 views. And I think it's because I didn't choose one specific Asian country. I just said, all Asian food. And yeah, so anyway, that's my channel. <laughs> you should totally go check it out. Um, you can join us on Facebook. Uh, we're in a closed group. Um, once you join the group, we will slowly get you to turn away from your friends and family and only listen to what we say. And that is, uh, go to Facebook and just search Uncovering Unexplained Mysteries. And, um, look forward to more cults, uh, for the month of August, cult month. 
If you want to join a cult and then tell us about it, feel free to do so. If you are in or were in a cult and want to write us uh, any stories about that, that would be fantastic. I would read that on the podcast. Um, is that all we got, Mike? Yeah. All right. Until next time, have a good rest of your day, night, week, and I bid you adieu. See ya. What's up, everybody? Just want to remind everyone that my album, The Nightmare Inside You, is still up for sale, and we have new band t-shirts as well. All of this is in the description of this podcast, so check it out, and if you dig the music, maybe consider supporting me. Now, enjoy some more of the album. 